This is Jen Jet Barrett, and you are listening to the Go and See podcast, a podcast miniseries that runs alongside six weeks of video content that is designed to help you take inventory of your spiritual and emotional health. Over the next few weeks, listen in on conversations with some of my very dear friends. We all share a hope to see this generation of men and women walk in greater freedom and faithfulness as we co-labor together for the kingdom. I can do more rested in six than I can do tired in seven. Oh, that's good. Is This is a worthy practice. This is a practice that has existed, like we talked about, since the begin, literally the beginning of time. Since God created the earth, this is a practice that He intended for us. In this episode, my friend Annie and I talk about her journey that started five years ago of creating a rhythm of Sabbath rest in her life. We talk about the challenges, the practical things she does, and the fruit that she has seen come from it. I hope that you'll be encouraged to consider what it would look like to start creating a rhythm of rest in your life. But let's go, Jen. Okay, let's do this. Talk about it. Thank you for being on our little podcast, Annie. Oh my gracious, there's nothing little about it. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so very happy to be joining you. No, it's been so fun. Annie is an author, a speaker, a pastor, and a podcaster. And she is also a very, very dear friend of mine. And we, I had her on this particular conversation regarding Sabbath because she's kind of the one that really challenged me and pushed me to enter into this space of just learning and reading. And I was with you, staying with you last November. Yeah. And I was just sharing with you just where my heart was, where my soul was. I was exhausted and tired. And you handed me a book and you said, read this. (laughs) And it started me on a journey and you have been a huge part of that and just helping me learn. And so thank you for being here with me to talk about this. Well, that's very kind of you. It was my joy to share books and resources and thoughts about Sabbath because it changed my life. I mean, really, it it I I am the recipient of teaching about of a teaching about Sabbath that changed my life. So I'm all for it. So how did it start for you? And I know it started about five years ago. What did that look like? Like why? Why did you start? I have been practicing Sabbath since the fall of 2015. So it is still a really new practice for me and my spiritual development and spiritual growth. And it started because I went to Israel, actually. And with same same people you went with, I went with Israel Collective in 2015. And we had an actual Sabbath and they taught us about it, like Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. And I came home and I was really moved by the experience and uh, the whole thing. I mean, Israel is just unbelievable, but I was so moved by the whole thing. But the idea of Sabbath really stuck with me. And so I read Garden City by John Mark Comer, a friend of mine that had been on the trip with me, handed me the book. And and w- the way he taught about Sabbath as this like gift of a discipline Mm-hmm. reminded me so much of prayer and fasting. And it, it just was such a good, uh, I just had this moment of like, oh yeah, I've, this is a discipline that a lot of people on the earth right now practice that I've just never invited in. I don't know why. And and so that's really what started it is I, then I started reading and listening to teaching about it and and really jumped right in of like, okay, can I do half a day next week? okay, can I put something on my calendar the next week that 
kind of gives me a day that is not a day to do chores or errands, but is an actual day to rest and worship. And what would that look like? So it's been since 2015 that I've practiced almost weekly. You have worked up to a full 24. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, I don't like, I don't measure it exactly like that, but I mean, I go from by the time this dinner ish time on the night before my Sabbath, I've usually done all the things I need to do to prep for the next day and to get all the work out of the way because there's no work on Sabbath, right? Like that's one of the big, big, big truths about Sabbath is there's no work. And so any laundry or dishes or emails or social media or even just straightening up that I need to do or would be inclined to do on my Sabbath, I try to get done before dinner on the night before. And then I pretty much check out and only observe Sabbath until dinner-ish time the next day. So what are some just things that you practically do or don't do on your Sabbath yeah. day? What does practically it look like? Yeah. So at, for starters, I think it's it's a practice that's a little different for everybody because right. of your life place, because of your job, because of your family. Um, there's a lot of factors. And so, so the big overarching statement is what you do on Sabbath is you rest, worship, and delight. And those are kind of the big the big things. So anything that falls under those categories are big thumbs up. Um, The things you, you don't want to do is work. (laughs) You don't want to work. You don't want to strive. It's not a day for chores. It's not a day actually for shopping. Yeah. It's not a day for taking or making in that sense, unless you're like making bread, you know, like for me. So I'll, I'll tell you about my day, but the, the other thing to factor in is I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. I live alone and I run my own company. And sometimes my company, my job requires me to travel on weekends. And so pre-coronavirus, if I was traveling on a Friday or Saturday, oh, and I'm a, one of the, on the teaching team at my church here in Nashville at Cross Point. And so my Sundays are spent full on at the church from start to finish. And we have services, again, before coronavirus, <laughs> we have services starting at nine and our last one ends at 6.30 PM. So it is a full day at the church. And so for me, if I'm traveling Friday, Saturday, and I'm at church all day Sunday, I none of those can be my day of rest. And so we picked Wednesday to be my day of rest. Now, right now, when there's no traveling right now, I it is Saturday for me. But Wednesday is actually much preferred in my calendar for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, on as a person who is not married yet and no kids yet, Saturdays are the day that all my friends' kids aren't in school, that there's soccer games to watch and, and lunches to go to and walks with friends. And, and you can do all that on your Sabbath, but I also like to sleep late on my Sabbath and I like to rest. And, and so it is hard for me on Saturdays to take as much time alone and as much rest as I need uh, because I want to be with my friends. So, so I'll just outline it, Jen, I'll, 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 I'll outline my Wednesday if it's a Sabbath. What I do is I sleep late. Like I said, I usually make some sort of meal that, um, is really fun. Like a recipe I haven't tried or a recipe I love that kind of cooks for part of the day. Like I like making, or like a big brunch for myself. Like I like cooking. That is, I had a, guest on my podcast named Corey Barrett. And he says, cooking is medicine. 
Mm. And I experienced that. And so there's a lot of like peace that happens in me when I'm just in my kitchen, listening to a podcast or listening to music and cooking. Uh, music? What am I talking about? <laughs> listening to music and cooking. Um, a music song. That's right. A music, a song. Um, I read my Bible. I journal. I catch up. I'm, I have a daily reading plan, as most of us do. I usually catch up on my Sabbath because <laughs> I'm usually behind. And with no other real time constraints, um, I can read for an hour if I'm that far behind. Um, I will. I do not watch TV. I do not go to the movies. I don't use my phone for social media. I really only use my phone for responding to text messages or calling a friend or um, podcasts or music, uh, music. <laughs> I will read books. I usually have a fiction book and a nonfiction book that I'm looking toward on my Sabbath that I want to read. I will exercise at some point, but I don't usually do like a class that's real intense or a, um, or a building kind of workout where I'm like really like pumping iron, you know? Right. Right. It's more like a walk or a jog or a hike or something that is just out in nature is kind of my goal on Sabbath. And I usually see a friend if I can, or eat lunch with somebody. I'm okay with that. I don't, I definitely don't insist on being alone. And a lot of families who practice Sabbath, they're with each other. I just, right. because I I'm alone, I, and I practice Sabbath alone, then that means I, if I don't do anything with other people, I don't see anyone all day. And that isn't very um, restful or worshipful or delightful for me. For my and for some people it is like, and based totally. on personality, for some people being alone is the most restful thing. So it is, it is how you apply it to your personality, I think is important. It's really too. important. It's really important. It's just, yeah, it's incredibly important that that you filter Sabbath through what works for your family and what works for your personality, but not, not in like, well, my personality is I love to work every day. And so I'm going to work for two hours. Like, no, exactly. that's not what we mean. We mean right. like, right. if you need some time alone and you have four kids, you and your spouse should have a conversation about like, if we're going to observe Sabbath as a family, could I have 90 minutes in the morning and you have 90 minutes in the afternoon where we can go out and read by ourselves or go on a walk or do something alone to observe Sabbath, you know? Yeah. And you, br you brought up and touched on several different, um, whether it's a life stage or responsibilities or personality that if you looked at every single one of them, they pose challenges when you're, when you're trying to establish or build a rhythm of Sabbath in your life. You touched, right. touched on, you know, being on staff at a church, um, you know, being, having friends that have families and kids on a Saturday and being single, you touched on personality. I mean, you and I are wired similarly where we, you know, our default is friends and energy and, you know, a lot going on. And so it is a resistance against how we're wired to slow down and stop. And so can you just touch on a, a couple of the challenges you faced over the years in any of those areas or a couple of those areas yeah. in building a rhythm of Sabbath in your life? Yeah. I think again, even you saying all this is reminding me of like, when, when we are inviting the, the discipline of prayer into our lives, we take all that into, into account, you know? 
like, oh, I'd like to pray like this. I, these hours are best for me because of my personality and my life place and da, 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 da. And the same is true with, with Sabbath. But some of the challenges for me has been, have been, um, I don't like being alone as much as Sabbath invites me to be alone. <laughs> Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that's been a real, again, before the pandemic, it is something over the five years of practice that I have gotten significantly better at. It has been one of the growth places I've seen in my own life of, oh, wow, this this is different now than it was when I started. And But I will also tell you that during coronavirus, I was alone a lot. Mm-hmm. And when it came time for Sabbath last week, I was... I mean, I think I told you this in real life, Jen, but I was mad because I was like, no, you, hey, God, you already asked me to be alone every day. I don't want to do this today. And it was a really, it was the hardest Sabbath I've had since I started practicing. Um, But my friend Jefferson Bethke, who's another great resource to turn to um, as far as teaching on Sabbath, and he has a family and three young kids. I think it's like three kids under six. And they practice every week too. And so they're a great family to watch if you're a person with a family. But one of the things Jeff said to me early on was, hey, if, if your family has a bad Christmas and like things just go right, don't go right and the food's burned and the gifts aren't good, you don't cancel Christmas the next year. You just try again. And the same is true with t- Sabbath, especially as you're learning your rhythms, especially as you're learning what the practice looks like for you. Remember, it is a literal practice. Every time you do it, you're just practicing rest, worship, delight, and you're practicing what the scripture talks about when it talks about Sabbath. And so it is really helpful to go like, man, this one did, I checked Instagram eight times. What am I doing? Like I said, I didn't want to do social media, man. Okay. I won't do it again today. And I'm going to make a real note that next Saturday I'll delete the app off my phone and see if that's better, you know? Yeah, And so a lot of the struggles you run into and a lot of the uh, roadblocks you'll run into with, with, a, with practicing Sabbath are things that you will get better at the next week or the next week or the next week. Um, I'm trying to think of what other, I mean, sometimes I, it's hard to have to lose, even listen to my language. It's hard to lose a whole day <laughs> and it is not a loss. I I'm embarrassed that that's even the word that first came to my mind, but it's actually not a loss. I mean, just like tithing. I mean, God says, test me in tithing, right? Give 10% and see if I don't overflow what you need. And, and I will tell you, and people can see this in my career because my career is like on the internet. Everybody sees it. My career has shifted and grown drastically in the last five years. And I've never worked more than six days a week. Mm. And and I have always tithed. And I'm convinced that 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 those two quote sacrifices and and giving back to God part of what He's given to me has done the supernatural thing of God providing more than I need. My right. pastor here in Nashville says, um, there's two ways to say this. I'll say them both. I can do more, God can do more in six days than I can do in seven. <laughs> right? Like God can, can yeah. accomplish more than I can do in than I can do in seven without him. And uh, one of my mom friends says this a lot who practices Sabbath. She says, I can do more rested in six than I can do tired in seven. Oh, that's good. 
And I think that is really important. Even the weeks that it feels incredibly hard to take, where you're like, how am I going to get all my chores done? And how do we get all this work done? And the truth is this last week, it was two weeks ago that I had the really bad one. This last Saturday, my chores were not done before Sabbath started and my house was a mess the whole day. And I just had to sit in that because I didn't get to clean up. And mm. and, and that's going to ha- how it's going to be sometimes. Now this week, I've set aside time to clean up and to get things right. And so it'll be more of a normal one. But but th- so, so those are some of the challenges for me of like, sometimes it feels hard to set aside a day when I could be doing other things and accomplishing things. But I, I, am, I am living proof that more gets accomplished in six days of rest and connection with God than it does in seven days of striving. One of the challenges you've mentioned before is that in your like friend group or your community yeah. there in Nashville, you're really one of the only ones that that practices a more more traditional rhythm of Sabbath. Yeah. So speak to that as as someone who might want to start practicing this and it, and feels the resistance inside community. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I've felt resistance inside my community and in that it's not that I've asked other people to practice with me and they've said no. It has been more that, and it's one of the reasons Wednesdays work really well because I'm not missing out on anything social because everybody's at work or at school. Right. And so, and I'm traveling on weekends, the weeks I practice on Wednesday. But the the sweet thing is, is that like, so this, this Friday is a great example, Jen, because none of my friends really practice Sabbath with me, but uh, John Mark Comer, who's, who to me is one of the leading voices on practicing Sabbath in modern day and, and what it looks like and why it matters, even though we aren't Jewish and we aren't under the old law, we are under freedom and it's still a really important practice to us and to God. And, and that can be traced back to before there was sin in the garden, God took a day off. Right. You know, like uh, a, a day of rest is not a result of sin. Work is not a result of sin. Love and connection between a man and a woman is not a result of sin. All that happened before, before sin ever happened. Right. It was how it was made to be. And so, so I, I'm talking with John Mark Comer last week about this. And one of the things that is done in Jewish culture and a lot that is, and that, and truly Sabbath is a, and a Jewish practice that Christians have developed, but so Christianity is pretty much a Jewish practice. The Christian Christians practice, right? So, so what they do in Jewish culture is they have a Friday night because they traditional Sabbath is Friday night at sundown to Saturday night at sundown. Now, a lot of people I do know practice on Sundays because they'll do Saturday night, they'll go to church on Sunday, and then rest all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, it's Friday night at sundown to Saturday night at sundown. And they do a big meal at the kickoff on Friday night. <clears throat> so John Mark and I are talking about this last week. And he's like, well, do you ever do that? I was like, no, I don't really do that because I don't like when I get married and have kids or when I get married, I will, um, I think I'll start hosting a dinner and inviting friends over for like a Sabbath dinner, even if they don't practice with me. And he was like, tell me why you're waiting. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I don't know. And so we hung up and I texted three of my girlfriends and I said, Hey, y'all know I practice Sabbath and I've never done this part, but I'd love to have you over for dinner on Friday night. If you want to come at seven, I'll have everything. I just would love for you to come and have this meal with me. 
And so for the first time in five years of practice, I'm adding to my practice. Well, and I love that I was watching him ask you that question. I love that he did because Rhett and I keep talking about that, about it doesn't matter if anyone practices. We practice, like if we begin the practice of it, we just invite people in and it's not, it's not changing their world really. We're just inviting them in to a dinner, you That's know, right. or That's intentional right. dinner any night. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't have I to think, be every single week that they, you right. know, you have to come every Friday night at seven or you're not my friend. You know, it's not that right. at all. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to start opening up this dinner on Friday nights and saying, or if, when I go, if we go back to travel, when we go back to a Wednesday where it's Tuesday nights, if y'all want to come eat, I'm going to eat dinner at seven on Tuesdays and it's going to be good. Right. So, because so I think matters to me. Yeah, and I've found that when I bring up like if I have the conversation of Sabbath in in groups that maybe aren't as familiar with it or it had a different definition growing up, which I think is a lot of the case for a lot of us, um they automatically assume isolation and solitude and uh-huh. I'm they're like, "Oh, so I'm not going to hear from you for a whole 24 hours. I can't see you for." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no." That's, that's not actually, and which I love is how you and I got to experience that in Israel firsthand. It was like, actually it was the complete opposite. Like uh-huh. the thing that I loved was this gathering of friends and family and speaking life over each other and yeah. eating good food and a good meal. And you didn't look at your watch. Like, yeah, I, I get why they don't have, you know, why they have these parameters, which we hear them and we're like, you know, restrictions, but it's like, no, they're actually protecting this beautiful space of, um, free conversation and life and speaking life over each other and without, you know, distraction. And I'm like, that actually created this amazing, beautiful moment that lasted for hours into the night. And we know going, if, if you think back to, if you've watched the chosen, uh, if you think back to Bible times, they didn't live miles apart from each other like we do, you know, yes. like when they observed Sabbath, they all saw each other because they walked out their front door and their whole village was right there. Exactly. And so this, there isn't this, like, you have to be alone. You have to be quiet. You have to, and now I do think your technology should be quiet, yes. but that, I mean, and you can read about that in like TechWise Family by Andy Crouch would be a book I'd suggest on that about I think he has a thing where you rest one week, one day a week, one week a year away from your phone. He has like a, a, oh, a calendar of what you should do yeah. with your phone. But I do think your technology should be quiet. Doesn't mean I have to be quiet. Doesn't mean right. that, you know, if, if a whole community decides to observe Sabbath together and y'all decide on the Saturday afternoon that that looks like everybody going to the park. That is still rest and worship and delight. That That's still beautiful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so being alone is not a key, a core tenet of Sabbath, but it is a growth place for me. And so it is for me that, that before lunch, I usually choose to not make any plans to stay at my house, to read, to worship, to eat, to rest. I mean, I usually take a nap on my Sabbath too, because I'm like a huge nap fan and don't get to do that in my job. Well, no one does, but, um, I don't have a job where like a 2 p.m. nap is is the best right. next move. And so I just think it's it's really important to remember that Sabbath doesn't mean silence. 
Sabbath means rest. And sometimes rest is a good long conversation with people you really love. Yeah. And the last thing I want to talk to you about, and you you brought this up, is this idea of, of the fruit that has come from practicing this rhythm in your life over the last five years. You, you spoke to this idea of, of tithing and stewarding and, and the fruit that's come from that. But you touched on the fruit that came and that comes, and we've been talking about it for weeks, this idea of sitting still and present with the Lord and allowing allowing him to move inside emotions that we typically want to avoid stuff, distract from, they're uncomfortable. No one wants to fill them. But the practice of Sabbath rest creates a space where what we have been working hard to ignore or deny or distract from rises to the surface mm. to be um, to be given to the Lord. And you experienced that last week with just the emotion of anger. Yeah. Yeah. I grieve almost every, I grieve something almost every Sabbath, but that's probably a personality thing too, because I don't choose sadness as an emotion a lot in my the other six days. Right. And so when the quiet comes, there's a lot of times like what was under the surface went that I don't bring up with the Lord during the week. When when everything else goes quiet, that usually rises to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage people: don't be afraid of that. Uh huh. Um, one of the I do believe one of the fruits of Sabbath rest is an emotional capacity to hold space for the harder ones, yeah. the harder emotions, which I do think the Bible lays out clearly to us how to do that, and and we meet with God in those moments. I mean, I, I know that. That is what we have seen. Well, I would love for you to close us out with some encouragement to those who are wanting to take a next step of building rhythm. Okay. In their life. Can I list some great resources too to make sure everybody yes. knows where to go? Yes. Um, okay. So we talked about John Mark Comer and the, he teaches at a church in Portland called Bridgetown. And they have a whole series on Sabbath that I think is January, 2018. So that's like a great primer course to go through those and listen to those six or seven sermons. He also has an incredible website called practicingtheway.org. Yeah, and that's right. It's an amazing, and that is included in there, that Sabbath. It is awesome. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. Brilliant. Um, so that's really good. Uh, Jefferson Bethke and both John Mark and Jeff have written books in the last year about uh speed and slowing down. Jeff's is called To Hell with the Hustle. And uh, John Marks is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yes, which we quoted in the video. It's That is the one you gave me. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Um, okay, so here are a couple other non-author pastor resources. Um, there is a woman named Shireen Eldridge, and I can send you her little Instagram tag, Jen, so you can have it. And she is a mom of four. I think the oldest is a fifth grader and it goes down or maybe a sixth grader. She's a wife and a mom of four. And she, their family practices Sabbath and she posts about it every week. Like she'll do a little video on helping moms figure out how to celebrate Sabbath. And that is the number one group that says to me, I can't do this. Yeah. And so Shireen's a great person just to follow on Instagram to see how a mom does it. 
and how a mom practices Sabbath. I just find her to be, she's a friend of mine, but I also find her to be very wise and, and they've worked at it. You know, they've figured out how do you have a kindergartner and do Mm. this? How do you have a two-year-old and do this? And so I think she's a great resource. And then there's a book by Dr. Matthew Sleeth called 24-6 that I think is really great. There's a lot. AJ Swoboda has one. I mean, there's a, there's some great books out there about Sabbath, but, but pace yourself, people pace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, right? It's, there is this in, uh, John Marks talks about this, that, that the rhythm of Sabbath rest used to be built into the architecture of our culture culture, of America and it no longer is. And so the, the attempt, the work at practicing this in your life and building a rhythm. And it is, it is a, you know, a seven day rhythm, but, but it's even a rhythm in our everydays, but there is going to be a resistance to this. And for those, for those of us who are all or nothing people, the idea, and I love you talked about it at the beginning practice, even if it's four hours to practice this, it is four hours to experience what God's intention for Sabbath rest was supposed to be. That would be my encouragement to our friends listening is, is this is a worthy practice. This is a practice that has existed. Like we talked about since the beginning, literally the beginning of time. Since God created the earth, this is a practice that he intended for us. And and if you care about the environment, this is one of the ways we can honor the environment is by what mm-hmm. we do on our Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just, I would just encourage people, try it for a month, try it two times a month, try it once a week for a month, just see what happens. If you take a day and watch what stirs up in you, watch what comes out, your desire to work, your desire to numb your feelings with entertainment, how much peace you feel. I mean, there are days where I, uh, where I, it's the day before Sabbath and I go, I can't wait to not touch my phone tomorrow. Mm. But it, de- it doesn't always feel that way. And it for sure didn't feel that way at the beginning. It is what I've grown in. And, and so I, I, I just, I would say, I don't want you to miss what God has for you in Sabbath. And it's not too late to start practicing. If you're grandparents, you can start practicing. If you're college students, you can start practicing. Like you haven't missed the opportunity to get the gift from God that comes from practicing Sabbath as a discipline in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being my friend who has spurred me on in this beautiful rhythm and encouraged me to keep at it. Wow. I love you. And I'm honored to get to practice with you all the things. Love you. I hope we have possibly relieved some of the fears or questions you might have about being intentional about rest. And I hope we have encouraged you to just start somewhere as you find your own rhythm.